When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. Welcome back to our program, In This Moment. And I'm your host, Toby C. And I want to thank you for taking your precious, valuable time out to, to try to sit still for an hour and, uh, and talk about recovery. Talk about a subject, a political, a passionate subject that affects so many, so many of us here in our, in our wonderful country. And our program is about recovery. In this moment is very much about recovery and this program, this hour that we're going to be spending together is going to be talking about, among other things, generally speaking, overcoming a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And what we are going to be doing as a point of reference is we are going to be referencing a couple of publications, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and its sister publication, The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And before you start to change your attitude about the the point of reference that we're making. I want, you, I want you to know that this program is not so much about alcohol and alcoholism as this program is about hopelessness and overcoming a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that these two publications that we choose to reference is we're going to be looking at the timeless and universal message in these publications that are going to and can potentially touch all of our lives in a very general or very specific way. So that's going to be our direction for this program. And I am your host. I'm just a normal guy, you know, like you. I'm a normal person um, who has, just for today, overcome a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body as a result of finding a sponsor in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and doing something called Cleaning House. And I got to the other side of my dilemma, of my malady. And what I try to do to stay anchored to the other side of my, my spiritual and physical and psychological malady is I try to carry a message. In fact, it's our 12th suggestion. It says that having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps... We try to carry a message and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It says that we try to carry a message to other alcoholics, but I'm here to carry a message to all who suffer from self. Our program, the 12-step program, one of the tenets, one of the principles and virtues of our program is that we move away from self and self-centeredness and selfishness and we move towards selflessness and unconditional love. And what we're going to be talking about in our program today is we are going to be continuing and picking up where we left off in our last program, and that is about sponsorship and working the 12 steps with another person. And I felt that this subject had the merit for an additional program, for one, that I didn't really get a chance to complete it during our last episode. 
And secondly, I really wanted to get into another publication, which is extremely important. It's called The Questions and Answers on Sponsorship. And again, it is a pamphlet. It's a pamphlet that is provided by the AA General Service Office in New York City. And it's extremely informative. And and I think it might be helpful to some of you who are very frustrated with your sponsor or know nothing about sponsorship or maybe wondering if you're worthy of sponsoring somebody. And I'm here to tell you, you are. And we're going to get into that very much later on in this program. And I'm here to tell you also that we may not talk about it today when we're talking about sponsorship and and the specifics of working with another person, but so much of this program involves the subject of God and so much of our addictions and, and struggles are problems that physicians and therapists and counselors and hospitals and institutions just can't seem to tackle. You may be or you may know somebody who is suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And that spiritual experience, my friend, involves a power greater than yourself. You can call it whatever you want. In the 12-step program, other names we have for God are higher power, a power greater than ourselves, providence, and believe it or not, others, with a capital O, others is a metaphor for God. And I'm here to tell you, that's my experience. My experience, finally, is I was able to discover a God of my understanding in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. The people in the program, the people in my home group meeting started to speak to me and I started to hear. I didn't hear people speaking to me anymore. I heard the God of my understanding speaking to me. And that's what happens in this program. It's, it is a spiritual experience. It's called a psychic change, not a psychological change not a psychosis, it's a psychic change, which means it's a power. In our program, another beautiful thing about the 12-step program, before we get into our subject of working with others, is so much of spirituality and the psychic change in God involves something called phenomena. And phenomena is about things changing and happening that there's no scientific proof of them actually happening. We witness it all around us, but there's no scientific proof that these things are happening. So it must be coming from the ether. It must be coming from the, the fourth dimension, if you will. But that's precisely what happens. And it's a beautiful experience to participate in the 12-step program and experience and witness the phenomena of people miraculously getting better right before your eyes. And lo and behold, in the midst of participating and witnessing this this evolution of, of other people's and souls healing, your soul heals and you evolve. And that's really the essence of our of our 12-step program. It's um we are gonna be talking about sponsorship. And before we continue I want to impress upon you how important it is to really calm down, to really, really calm down. And no, 
know in your heart that everything, everything is going to be all right. And know, know that you're not alone. So many of us who suffer have this impending loneliness and our battle cry is, you don't understand me. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friend, we do understand you. And you don't ever have to drink again. You don't ever have to use again. You don't ever have to be alone again. You don't ever have to act out again. But come, come participate in the program of recovery. Come and participate in a program where there's people. There's something called a kinship of common suffering. And we are in a program where, where we alleviate something called suffering. As I mentioned, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And so much of it, so much of our suffering comes from a distortion of values, a real distortion of what's right and wrong. You know, you don't have to wake up anymore like it's another episode of Survivor. You can be part of part of the world community. You never, ever have to be alone. And I want you to know that's important for you to calm down because so much of the matter that we're going to be discussing over the next few segments of our hour involve being calm, having a calm demeanor, having a calm spirit, and being spiritually at peace in order to effectively pay attention and work with another person. It's called sponsorship. In AA, it's called sponsorship. Sponsorship is another, it's a metaphor for love. Love is really about turning our attention to another person and paying close attention to that person. The type of attention that a paycheck's not involved, our DNA is not connected, our ego isn't involved. It's just absolute, unconditional attention in the kinship of common suffering to find somebody who's a little bit blinder than us and to help that person, that man or that woman, see the light. That's the essence of our, of our fellowship, the 12-step program. And it so much involves working with others. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few segments is sponsorship. And whether you know it or not, if you've been in the program for a while and you can't seem to get out of this revolving door of rehabs, maybe working with others and sponsorship is the missing component. And we're going to be getting into it very soon. This moment with Toby C continues now on iHub Radio. Okay, welcome back. We are discussing a critically important subject of recovery today, and it's about turning ourselves outward. Yeah, recovery is an inside job, but recovery is so much about turning ourselves outward and paying attention to other people. Absolutely. Let me tell you, so much of recovery, well, let me back up here for a minute. 
Let's get back to the beginning of the 12-step program where this whole thing started in Alcoholics Anonymous. And again, this program is not about alcohol and alcoholics, but it's about recovery. But the 12-step program started back in the mid-1930s. And it happened when a doctor who was not an alcoholic planted in the mind of a guy named Bill Wilson that he might be suffering from a condition, an illness, that only a spiritual experience will conquer. You know, and that event is regarded as the beginning of AA history. However, the start date of our fellowship was when Bill Wilson drove to Akron, Ohio, and he worked with another alcoholic named Robert Holbrook Smith, Dr. Bob, commonly referred to. And the day that Dr. Bob stopped drinking, that was the absolute start of our society. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was June 10th, 1935, but don't hold me to that. And a couple of years later, Dr. Bob wrote a prescription. And it was a cute little prescription, but it's, it's framed and it's in the headquarters of AA in New York City. And the prescription says this. It was, it was dated February 7th, 1937. And it was made... He wrote the prescription out to all alcoholics. And he wrote down the prescription, please remember this. A, trust God. B, clean house. C, work with others. Okay? Or help others, excuse me. We have a chapter in the big book, and it's called Working with Others. It's, and it's all about the 12th suggestion, but I got to tell you, some of the people that I work with in Alcoholics Anonymous... They're so confused during the process of recovery, they're trying to remember what, what the point of all this is. And the point of recovery is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. The way I define that is we are to fit ourselves, which means to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit, sober and healthy, so that we can pay attention to others. And by paying attention to others is a form of serving God. And there's the deal. There's the rub. But how interesting so many of us, including yours truly, Toby C. here, how as soon as we get the monkey off our back, having trusted God and participated in the fellowship, and we clean house and we do our steps, life gets good. And I forgot how important it is to try to carry a message to others and to be available and present to others and to encourage others who are very discouraged. That was what I was missing. And this time around, my friends, I nailed it. I got it. And part, of course, part of, of my process of working with others is the blessing of, of being able to carry this program on iHub Radio here in lovely downtown Palm Springs. And, and that's the deal. There are so many different ways to work with others and to serve God. But today we're going to talk about sponsorship. And I want to tell you, the easiest way for me to find a sponsor, a sponsee, excuse me, to sponsor people is in my home group meeting. The home group meeting for me is critically important. I happen to enjoy the 7 a.m. home group meeting and I hit it six days a week. And that's my fishing hole. I call it my fishing hole because I got a lot of fish that swim in and a lot of fish that swim out. 
but I'm there at that fishing hole every single day. I'm in my seat before the meeting starts. I stay seated for the entire meeting, and I don't leave that seat until after we're ready to pray out. And what I do during that one-hour meeting is I listen to the message that the leader is sharing about. We also read something out of the Daily Reflections, which is a Hazleton publication. And I listen for the message. And then what I try to do is I try to share the message that I hear. And when I try to share the message that I hear, either from the leader's five-minute talk or the message that is read in the Daily Reflections, when I share, I try to tailor my share to a loving, encouraging, simple message for the newcomer. My message is not meant to call any attention to me. My message, I try not to have any subjective opinion whatsoever. My message is short and sweet and it's accurate and it's on the point and it's loving and it's encouraging and it's tailored for the newcomer. And I try to keep it under three minutes before the buzzer goes off. And I'll tell you what happens is the fish start to swim toward you. You know, the message is our lure. Think of we're, we're in a fishing hole and the message is our lure, okay? That's our fishing line, our, our lure. And if we've got a good message, the fish start to swim toward the lure, you know? And some of them bite. And you're going to attract prospects. These fish, my friends, are called prospects. And be careful because you don't have, you may not have any control about what fish swim towards you and you better be open-minded and be willing, you know, to lovingly be willing to pay attention to anybody, no matter what their condition is. But here's the deal. Once we get that fish to swim to us because they took the bait, now what do we do? And the instructions of what to do are very clear. It's in chapter seven of working with others. And the first thing they want us to do is they want us to sit down with our prospect, go have a cup of coffee with them, or go meet with them someplace and really get down to, to brass tacks and ask your prospect, do you really want to stop drinking? Do you really want to stop using? Are you willing to go to any lengths to get better? You know, have they made the conscious decision that it is over? Because my friend, it, if it is not over, if there is any inclination that they are not done drinking or using or acting out, we must turn our back on them and walk away. And for some people, that is the most difficult thing to do because I don't know about you, but I've been terrified that my prospect may not survive another day. But that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to free up our limited valuable time for somebody else who wants to get better. And once they're willing to make that commitment to sit down with you and do these things called the spiritual exercises, called the 12 steps, then you're ready to go. And one last little nugget before we, before we take a break. Always catch them when they're jittery. It says it over and over again. Get your prospect right after they've come in off of their last spree. Get them when they're jittery. You can work with them so long as they're not very drunk. Get them when they're raw and they're hurting. They will pay attention to you. 
You wait 30 days for your prospect, man. They may heal and get better and think, hey, you know, maybe I don't need this after all. Got to get them when they're really jittery and they're suffering and they're willing to pay attention and do the deal. You know, and then it works. And then, and then, my friend, you can start the journey of watching somebody recover and watching loneliness vanish. To see a fellowship grow up about you to watch a person have a host of friends. Life will take out a new meaning. This is an experience you must not miss. And we're going to talk about this experience big time in our next segment. This is Toby C. in this moment. moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. We're talking about the nectar of all recovery, and it's the point when we make ourselves available to spend time and focus all of our love and attention and energy on another person. In the 12-step program, we refer to it as sponsorship. In the, in the real world, I think it's called unconditional love. And, uh, and it's the deal. That's where recovery really happens. Trusting God and cleaning house, my friends, will get you out of no man's land and will certainly get you to the other side. The idea is how do we stay on the other side. How do we stay calm and centered and balanced and grounded on the other side? The way we do that is by working with others. That's how, that's how the 12-step program prescribes us to behave and based on the recovery and the testimony of hundreds of thousands of people, I think it's the right way to go about it. So let's assume that we have a home group and that we're listening to the message and we're staying in our seat for the entire one-hour meeting of our meeting and that we're listening to the message and that we're sharing from the heart some encouraging words to the newcomer and we have somebody that comes up to us and says, will you sponsor me? And we take them out to coffee and we qualify them and we make sure that they really, A, that they're really, they're ready. Some people call it the gift of desperation. Some people, the big book talks about it being jittery. But whatever it is, we need to vet our, our prospect and make sure that they are willing to pay attention to us and pay attention to the program and really do these exercises. And I think one of the big mistakes a lot of sponsors make is they, they, they let the sponsee, the prospect, they let a little bit too much time to develop. Maybe they want to develop a deep and meaningful relationship with this person or maybe have them check in with them you know, every day for the next 30 days. And 
I'll tell you, my experience with this is if you do that, you may not have a prospect that is willing to do the deal anymore. You want to get a hold of them. You want to get a hold of them. Let's get into this pamphlet for a minute, and I'll tell you some of the beautiful things it tells us about our prospect is, first of all, when we meet with our prospect, we meet as equals. Don't ever talk down to your prospect from a, um, a moral high ground, okay? Um, they, need to, they need to experience and feel something called unity, and we talked about that in our first segment. They need to feel a part of. They need to know that they got a shot at this thing, that you're nothing special, that you did something that they're capable of doing and that you don't have any special powers that they don't possess. They need to know that. They need to know that. And they also need, your prospect will discover something called interdependence. So many of us who come into recovery are are over-dependent on people, places, and things. That's how we're wired. We're wired to use people to survive and to get what we need. And it's called dependence, and it's called over-dependency. And sometimes we kind of slip into the behavioral, emotional realms of dependency called codependency, where we attempt to use others as our sole source of identity, value, and well-being, and as a way of trying to restore our emotional losses. And we also discover something in the 12-step program that independence, as we have come to know, is really more of a liability than an asset. Uh, you know, as Barbara Streisand so beautifully put, people, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. So how do we not over-depend on people and not have this, this, distorted sense of independence and not practice codependence. It's called interdependence. And that's what happens in the 12-step program. That's what happens in the home group. That's what happens in the meetings with the newcomers and the, and the old timers and the newcomers and the people who are sober and the people who are dry and not getting it. It's this interdependence. The, the fellowship feeds on it. And that's how that's how people calm down and they finally start to trust the process. You know, and when it comes to finding somebody um, as a sponsor, the sponsee already has this elevated sense of distrust. They don't trust anything in life anymore. They've been disappointed. They've been cheated, lied to, stolen, robbed, abused, mistreated. The last thing they have really is trust. And one of the things we do as a sponsor, in addition to calming down our prospect, is we try to develop this sense of trust. You've got to have this sense of trust. They've got to know that this prospect that this process works. And then and then it begins, you know. Then the actual relationship with your prospect starts to work. Let me tell you how Toby does it lately. When I sponsor people now, when I sponsor men, we get together and after I qualify them, I, I have them take out their calendar and I say, let's go ahead and just blow these things out, okay? Why don't we meet as frequently as possible, even every single day, if need be, 
and find a quiet, neutral place where we can meet. And let's spend a couple of hours together so we're not rushed. And let's sit down and do the deal. Back to back, day to day with a jittery newcomer. You don't give them a chance to, to start feeling better. They're cleaning house and, and all of a sudden you start this momentum going, you know? And to, to compress all this step work into a small period of time is incredible. To watch people miraculously heal and get better right in front of you. This is an experience you must not miss. And it happens when we keep the frequency of these meetings close. I've been, I've done the sponsorship deal where, you know, it's a two or three year sponsorship deal. I think the three week sponsorship deal is more effective. It gets your prospect out of no man's land. It gets them to the other side. And the most important thing about this intensive work with your prospect is you are going to be preparing them to be a sponsor. That's what we do. That's really the essence of recovery. Recovery, again, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. So the whole essence of recovery is to prepare ourselves to be a sponsor, to be sober in mind, body, and spirit, to be calm, to be healthy, to be centered, and to be a sponsor, to spend this uninterrupted time with somebody doing these spiritual exercises called the 12 steps. And the end result, my friend, the end result is not only to get your prospect to the other side of no man's land where they can hang on firmly with an unshakable foundation, but equally, if not more importantly, it's to prepare your prospect to become a sponsor. That's the deal. It's the full circle deal of recovery. We come into recovery broken and beat down and desperate and we miraculously heal through trusting God, cleaning house and working with others. And there's the full circle. And when we work with others, we make ourselves available to somebody else who is beaten down and broken in, in body, in mind, in spirit. That's it in a nutshell. Let's read a little bit more about this uh, questions and answers on sponsorship. Most important thing, gang, you've got to meet with your prospect. You've got to meet with your prospect as an equal. And if you make a commitment to meet this person, remember, it's all about trust. And the flake factor is absolutely unacceptable. You know, it's for the prospect to be the flake, not the pros, not the sponsor. And I got to tell you, don't be surprised if your prospect misses some appointments. If they call you, if they flat out forget or they call you that they forgot about the appointment, don't forget they're the ones who are not well. You know, your job is to practice our code. The 12-step code and program is love and tolerance of others. So be a person of commitment. And if you make a commitment to meet your prospect, be there and be there on time. But be tolerant and patient and loving if your prospect is so sick and not well that they miss an appointment or if they disrespect you know, the value of your time. It takes a lot of, uh, 
a lot of patience, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it, my friends. Let's read a few other things here. Hmm, is it ever too late to get a sponsor? Absolutely not. It's never too late. And I got to tell you, I know people who trust God and clean house and they seemingly calm down and get sober. But they never really had a sponsor. They never really met with a person and really did the intensive house cleaning that only can be accomplished with another person. This whole idea about giving a prospect a sponsee homework and send, sending them home to do like a four-step or to do some homework and come back and I'll review your homework with you, I don't understand that concept. Somewhere, and I'll tell you exactly where, it's on page 89, it's right at the very top of chapter seven, working with others, it says, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. And there's the deal. You can't really do intensive work and really do deep, thorough house cleaning alone. It's got to be done with another person. And, and by the way, that's the spirit, of course, of, of the fifth step is by the time our prospect has cleaned house and they've discovered the, the exact nature of their wrongs, this admission and this awareness of the exact nature of their wrongs is nothing more than a confirmation that they've been honest with God and with themselves. So working with another person is a confirmation that we've been honest with God and with ourselves. Sponsorship is just that. I don't think the program and God wants us to do anything alone. They want us to be in communion and companionship with our fellow. And getting it all out there and sorting through it and figuring it out. And I'll tell you another, another thing is, it's interesting. It says, finally, the sponsor encourages the newcomer to work with other alcoholics as soon as possible. And sometimes begin by taking the newcomer along on 12-step calls, 12-step calls. So there's the deal, you know. I encourage my prospects and people that I'm working with to look for that person that is blinder than they and pay attention to them. You do not have to complete all the 12 steps of the 12-step program to be sufficiently qualified to pay attention and to give another person some unconditional love. You can have a few days and you're qualified still to find somebody and experience this with somebody still blinder than you are. Absolutely. They talk about the three legacies, of course, of AA. That would be unity, service, and recovery. And it is all about unity. Remember, it's about making the newcomer and your prospect feel a part of. Let me just read you a few things about what a sponsorship... Well, you know something? I don't think we're going to go there because we don't have enough time today. But I want to hit a few of the other highlights here. Um, don't ever lend your sponsee any money. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't ever, ever create any level of dependency. You know, the idea is for the sponsor, your prospect to depend on the fellowship and God as God expresses himself through the fellowship. 
the last thing we want to do is for our sponsee to become overdependent on us as their sponsor, you know, then we're really not doing our job. We're not preparing them to become a sponsor. We're just creating another, another dependent, are we not? And um, how should a sponsor deal with slips? You know, I'd read it right there in the in chapter seven. Working with others it says, "Don't work with your prospect if he is very drunk," which to me implies that you may be working with the prospect who is still drinking or using. My friends, only when the spiritual malady is overcome do we straighten out physically and mentally. Please don't show your prospect any intolerance by punishing them for still being possessed by this demon. Work with them and love them and get them through this. A slip is not the end of the world. You stay steady on the course and you help this prospect get to the other side. So when we come back, we're going to finish up kind of where we're going with our program as it relates to working with others. And so much of working with others involves the imagination and pointing their, their spiritual compass to true north and helping them really find their... You're going to be the light at the end of the tunnel, my friend. Even if you don't think you're worthy of carrying that light, you imagine yourself. You're going to be the light, the light of hope the light that this is the way of a faith that really works. You're going to be doing that with your sponsor. We'll be right back. In a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. on iHub Radio. Thank you for spending the past hour with us on a very, very important subject in recovery called sponsorship and working with others. And it's the last segment of the prescription that so many of us uh, fail to follow through on. Trust God, clean house, and help others. And there's the deal. And so much of the wonderful experience of working with others is to is to just watch this this incredible phenomenal transformation that happens in the human spirit it's an experience you must not miss but it you know it takes a little bit of work it takes a little bit of psychology and and tolerance and patience and most importantly it takes something called open-mindedness. And, and for us, it's so important to instill in our prospect how important it is for them to, to find and achieve an open mind. In the back of the big book, there's a chapter, well, there's a page and a half called The, the Spiritual Experience. It's an appendix. And it talks about open-mindedness. And it says that most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance and belligerent denial. So there's the deal. 
is for us to work with our prospects and calm them down and to get them into these, these spiritual exercises in order that they may open their mind. And what happens, and I've witnessed this myself and I've experienced this myself, is what happens when the mind opens is the heart opens. You know, and a cold, closed heart becomes a warming, loving, open heart. And somewhere in the 12 and 12, it says that the purpose of this house cleaning, this spiritual, moral inventory, which we're going to talk about in our next program, the fourth step, so much of this house cleaning is to clear away all of this wreckage so our hearts can be open and so that God can enter us and expel the obsession. And I'm telling you, this is, this is a conversion. You know, you are going to be a sponsor. You are going to be a great messenger. I hate to say this, but the 12-step program is a ministry. Can you believe that? Full of ministers, lay ministers, most of whom shouldn't be in ministry. But hey, it is what it is. And it's a wonderful, loving fellowship. And everybody's trying to express their, their gratitude and their love in their own unique way. And there's not one size fits all. There's sponsees that may not work with a particular person. But, there's, but you will always find somebody that God wants you to work with if you continue going to your fishing hole, your home group meeting, and you keep putting your lure out there, which is your message your tailored loving message to the newcomer. And then the fish start to swim toward you. You know, and then, and there you go. And you prepare your men and your women to what? To become a fisher of men. And there it is. We fish in order to prepare people to fish. And part of the preparation of the metaphor of preparing people to fish is to prepare people to prepare others to fish. That's the spirit of sponsorship, is we heal and we concentrate on others in order that they may heal, and then we prepare others to concentrate on others so that they may carry on the process of healing. You know, you can't keep it unless you give it away. It's the, it's the paradox of recovery. You know, freely you have received and freely you give. You know, I don't know how I am still alive and I've been given the grace of God, but it's a blessing and it's a gift. And I so want to keep this blessing and this gift. And that's why I in turn share it with you here on iHub Radio in this moment. I'm Toby C. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. And have a blessed day. And look for somebody to love and work with, will you? It'll make all the difference in the world. God bless and take care.